Okay, welcome to Ask Alex episode 214 on the com podcast. We are back for the first episode of 2020, believe it or not. I was just checking the homepage the other day and the last one, we've still got our Christmas special up there. So that had to change <laughs> sooner or later. Um, but also, obviously, the whole world is going through this global pandemic just now, COVID-19, coronavirus um, situation. And lots of you on Twitter have been in touch. A few of you have emailed sort of saying, oh, it's time for a show. When are you going to do a show? And yeah, we've really got no excuses to not get one out just now. We've both got lots of time on our hands, which I'm sure you have as well. So the people have spoken. We're going to do a show. We're going to talk a little bit about the coronavirus situation, um, how it's affecting us, little tips for some people, maybe what you can do, how to approach this. Then we're going to go through some questions. Um, Apologies to people that do have questions in for a while. We've obviously put them to one side because there's a few that are related to coronavirus. So it would make sense to sort of discuss them one on this show. And we've also got details of two products. Alex is kindly doing a discount on two of these products that if you are in that position that you want to do that, buy one, sharpen up your poker game um, while you're in lockdown. And also... Speaking from experience, a lot of the games online just now are really, really good. Um, it's really crazy when I've actually started playing online poker again. I was playing recently the Sunday Million Anniversary. I've been playing Zoom Cash, Hold'em and PLO and stuff. And some of the games have been great. Um, so we will get into all that eventually. Alex, how are you? You're coming live from New York, the epicenter of the US crisis. So we hope you and your family are well. And what's been happening? Yeah, I, I, I look like Kurt Russell with the uh, mask on, you know what I mean? And the gloves, like, escape from New York. But, oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that meme the other day. Yeah, live from the epicenter of the epicenter, because New York City, I think, has more cases than the United Kingdom or South Korea now. And uh, the epicenter of New York City is Queens, which is right where I'm at. So, yeah. How are you, Barry? I'm thriving. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, a few things changed with me. I was supposed to actually, well, yesterday I would have been flying home in another parallel universe, flying home from the States. I had a trip booked on the 24th of March to Vegas for a three, four, three nights, Vegas, and then three nights in Texas for business and then flying home. And... Right up until Trump said, you know, mainland flights from were all cancelled. My flight, I think that was the Thursday or the Friday he released that. And my flight was the Tuesday. And I was like to my fiance sort of saying, um, no, I think this is going to, UK will get added to this. I don't see how they can allow flights from mainland Europe and still, uh, sorry, disallow flights from mainland Europe and allow flights from the UK because at that moment people were still easily getting from U uh, European countries to you know into the UK and flying from London Heathrow which my flight was Edinburgh to Heathrow Heathrow to Vegas and I was like well maybe I might just get and then you know she was said do you really want to go I mean what I was going if the flight was going and they weren't cancelling my flight I was still getting on it because I thought you know well, I've spent that money now, I'm kind of going, I need to go. And all the rhetoric of, you know, 
if you're not in an underlying health condition or a certain age, your chances, etc. Yada yada yada. And thankfully, in hindsight, they cancelled the flight. And well, Trump came out and said UK people are not allowed either. You know, flights. So that was it done. And BA eventually cancelled the flights and that as well. So I got my hotels refunded. I'm waiting on my flight getting refunded from BA, which they were trying to give a travel voucher for use for like the next 12 months which obviously lets them keep the cash flow and stuff. So they're trying to push that. But because they've cancelled it, I'm legally entitled to a refund. But nothing so far. But I think that's going to be a little bit of a song and dance um, to get that back. So, yeah, I should have been um, in Vegas enjoying myself, playing some poker, stuffing my face, and then going to Texas and stuffing my face there as well and then flying home. But it wasn't to be. And a few days after it, they closed down the Bellagio and everything anyway. Um, and Vegas is closed and it's a ghost town, um, everything I've seen. So, yeah, really, really weird situation. My other businesses, I'm kind of winding them down just now as well because obviously that involves me doing, like, drop-offs at, like, post office depots and, like, dropping off parcels to send. And as a business, registered business, I do, like, same-day dispatch, which means going every day. So I've changed that to 10-day dispatch um, in the moment, but I think this week is just the way to be closed down eventually because sales are off a cliff anyway. Um, I don't want to be going out of the house for anything like that at all that's not essential and stuff. So, yeah, we just need to wait and see what, uh, you know, what the situation is and how this uh, unfolds. The main thing is, you know, healthy. All my family and friends are healthy. I've not heard anything. Everybody I've been speaking to has had something which reading between the lines is probably likely coronavirus but luckily it's all mild symptoms you know bits of sore throats a little bit of temperature coming and going nothing really major um i came back from malta with my brother and my friend and both me and my brother this was way back i mean a month ago now 22nd of february i think we got back about five days later me and my brother had like weird breathing like experience like within a few days of each other and just put it, we joked, like, oh, it could be coronavirus, whatever. But looking back, it's quite possible it could have been that. And we, it was just mild symptoms, you know. So, yeah, I mean, everyone that's listening, hopefully you and your families are all fit and well. And if you are one of the people which the numbers are starting to look like, it's more likely that you are going to get this rather than not. Uh, you know, I just hope and pray for you all that it's just mild symptoms and it passes and, nothing serious comes of this because uh, it is quickly escalated to a situation. I mean, my sister's a nurse and she's, she's been doing five day night shifts and stuff. And the stories I'm hearing from her are just, you know, frightening. And um, the whole situation is, I think it's a real kick up the ass for people to, I, I, I was dealing with a guy in Hong Kong way back in January um, and it was heading towards Chinese New Year and I was actually looking at booking a trip to Hong Kong for March and I was aware of coronavirus at the end of December, start of January and I was speaking to the guy I deal with and I, I said, I'm looking at coming March and he says, no, you can't come and I was like, what? You know, this is like two months away surely I'll be there, I'll have it under you know, China, I'll have it under control by then and he said to me, no, no, seriously don't book anything, don't come I think this will be summer at least. And I thought, wow, like that's crazy. But even still, knowing that from someone on the ground there, 
he you know he lives in mainland China and his wife uh, runs a shop in Hong Kong for him and they they meet up like once a week uh, at the weekend they go and stay with each other and at that situation if he travelled from mainland China to Hong Kong way back in January they were stopping him returning to mainland China for 14 days he was having to self quarantine for 14 days until they would release him back you know let him back into uh, mainland China. And what is apparent now is the the whole of the West have just slept on this. The UK, the US, European governments have just let the airports stay open and just buried their heads in the sand. There's no other way to describe it apart from that because they saw this coming and the World Health Organization as well kicked the can down the road about calling this a pandemic and whatever. I genuinely think when this is over, which is hopefully, you know, months if not more than you know like six months or something some people are talking 18 months and stuff but i think when the dust settles on this this is like negligence in so many ways in departments and all you gotta hope is they learn from this because i've always said you know people speak about things you know your pollution global warming and that it, i'm not medical profession i don't you know as alex says in his newsletters he doesn't play one on the internet neither do i but I use common sense and logic. All this stuff from years, the last previous years, people saying new strains of viruses that are resistant to antibiotics. They try not to give people antibiotics now because it's, you know, it's putting uh, your immune system to sleep effectively for new things that pop up or other strains. The thing that does wipe out a billion people in our lifetime is going to be a pandemic of some sort. And I'm not saying it's this one, but let's just all hope that like is if something was as aggressive and as had a high death rate as like ebola for example and that just went perpetuated around the globe and spread some strain like that i mean that will that would be a billion people or something like that and that's the frightening thing and that's what they got to learn from and um yeah i mean alex you're in new york it must be crazy there i mean what's the situation for you we've been on lockdown here for um a week and a bit in Scotland, but me and my girlfriend did it about 10 days before that. Um, again, because I've sort of been aware of the situation in China a bit more and was feeling a bit crap after I came back from Malta. So my girlfriend's not left the house in four weeks. This is the fourth week, three and a bit weeks. And I've only been going out for absolute essentials, which has been going to the supermarket once every like 10 days to get a shopping and cook. I've been cooking so much. I've not cooked this much in so long. You know, I've hardly. I've, I've, one, all my takeaways that I like going to are closed, so that's you know it's kind of self-enforced, and it's more of the trashier ones opening. So I've not been going there, and I've been cooking. And no matter what I cook at home, as calorific as I make it, it's not as bad as my normal diet of takeaways in terms of calories. So yeah, I'm actually losing weight. So I'm coming out this. Really? Okay. You're the one. Yeah. So what's uh, happening, Alex, anyway, in New York? You get tired of hearing the sirens wail, man. You just get so worried every time you hear it. The streets are empty except for the sound of ambulances going down. And sometimes I, I've been going to the park, which I know a lot of people would be critical of. But you got to remember, I'm in a 500-square-foot apartment all day. The reason you get an apartment in New York is so that you can leave the apartment in New York and be in New York. You do not get an apartment in New York to hang out 
in your apartment in New York. The point of living here is doing things. We, I, I invest a lot in my recreation. I read a book that changed my life uh, called uh, Rest, Why You Get More Done When You Do Less. And uh, I believe the name of the author was Alex Sujin Kim Pong. It, it obviously a little harder for me to remember on occasion. Uh, it, I'm pretty sure that was it, if you want to look up the book. Anyway, this guy brought up something very interesting, which is when you read those books by Malcolm Gladwell and Carol Dweck and Angela Duckworth about grit and sticking it out and hard work and deliberate practice and 10,000 hours, what they're not telling you, which he found in the research, is every single one of these elite performers has an incredible resting routine. And you can re read about that in The Power of Full Engagement, and uh, if you want to learn more about it. And essentially, every elite performer, and there was a correlation with this, uh, you know, scientists that published more papers and got more discoveries and athletes that did better, they had other hobbies. They had other things they did. They got away from their job. So typically, I have a very stressful job. Uh, I work tons of hours. I take care of my family. But the, it doesn't really matter to me. And I've never wanted to complain about that for the last couple of years because every weekend I've got all of New York to play in. And there's Broadway shows. And there's sports every night of the week. And the, every uh, – you know, the Bronx, Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan, uh, these are all like different countries. They're so different. And that there's always something to do. And that's why you live in New York is not to stay in your apartment. And that's most people. Uh, when I look out at my apartment complex, I can see a couple different apartment complexes from my office right now. Typically, no one's indoors. People go out to their jobs and they go out to have drinks with friends or whatnot. That is the culture of New York. And overnight, this has become the epicenter of a global pandemic. And we're all stuck in our tiny apartments and you're starting to see people crack. You go, there. there's huge parks here. That's something New York City does incredibly well. The size of Central Park is astounding. Uh, but that's essentially our yard because nobody has a yard in New York City. So I've been going to Astoria Park and just like hiding away from everybody. And I had one buddy I was meeting up with since the start of this. And we, you know, he would bring, he was cool enough to bring bands and like a kettlebell and a TRX and stuff like that. And I was, because obviously you can't go to the gyms. They're the filthiest place on earth. And that's how I was getting through this. And just recently, you know, we've started going like, should we even be doing that? So you go from like having contact with one person and the truth is now I'm doing body weight exercises at home. Uh, and we're, it, because you walk by, I walked by a hospital the other day, uh, not intentionally, I forgot it was down that road. And I looked at it and I ran right the other direction. It was flooded. And you just hear the ambulances all day. And all the streets are empty. And this is the most lively city in the world. It's the crown jewel of the United States. And it's just dead. And it's so crazy to see 
liquor stores that have been here for like 20 years. They, they have to close for a month. And there's a sign outside saying like, everything's discounted. We're out of business. That's it. And there's uh, a lot of businesses that run on razor thin margins here in New York City so that you can have a New York City property and kind of get noticed and do things around the world. And people taking big risks that obviously are not going to be rewarded right now you you don't know what's going to happen and i i'm trying to pick my words very gingerly during these moments because obviously i have my personal opinions on this but as you said in my letter i i'm not a doctor nor do i play one on tv uh nor do i play one on the internet i guess is how we would adjust that phrase for what you and i do barry I think everybody has a role to play right now, whether or not, whatever you believe about this, whether you believe it's trumped up, whether you believe it's a hundred times worse than what people are gathering, we all have a part to play because the thing we all have to agree right now is things are shut down in a lot of first world countries and nobody's ever seen an economic freeze. This is unprecedented. So I think what we should focus on is what role do you play? And obviously, you know, our prayers, Barry and I are out to not just medical staff because they're the true heroes right now, but also the people stocking the shelves, driving the trucks, uh, you know, the cashiers, you know, I just pray I, I just pray you guys are safe. I, I just really pray. Uh, think about you guys a lot. If there's anything that's good that comes of this, I, I really hope after this is all done. So you guys are looked at in the light I feel you deserve. And the thing I think we should focus on is everybody has a role to play, whatever it is. And, uh, the one is Barry and I are essentially entertainers. Let's be honest. Like if we can entertain you and educate you about poker, if it's entertaining, you're much more likely to remember it. That's the truth. And entertainers are pretty much the least important people right now. And we need to remember that, right? So we should not be mouthing off with our opinions. We should not be telling people, you know, anything beyond echoing the sentiments of the CDC or what, what have you, uh, National Health Service. And I think one good thing of this for like Barry and I, or anybody that works in kind of an entertainment field is we all are stuck inside of our houses. So if we can contribute in any way, that'd be great uh, just to help you guys uh, kind of stay indoors, something it's been very fascinating to see how people handle this because I think this says a lot about you. And I've learned a lot about myself throughout all of this. What people hoard, I find is really interesting. It says a lot about their personality. Some people are just hoarding sweets. But what I hoarded was stimulants. It's like, I didn't realize it, but one day I opened my cupboards and there's a hundred uh, capsules of coffee, 50 espresso shots, and a ton of uh, iced coffee. 
because my way of dealing with this is just working. And what I've been doing the past couple of weeks is working out in the park, coming home and just writing. Uh, I have tons of articles, new articles to run because that's one way I can hopefully give you a 15 minute diversion before you go play poker. And I hopefully, uh, <coughs> I, I can help you see poker in the prop, proper light right now. Uh, because if I, if I can help you play poker in a safe way, in a fun way, and hopefully in a way where you, you know, you can make a couple of bucks and you're gambling responsibly, I think we can all get through this together because poker is one of the few points of recreation we all have right now. Right. Uh, so I've been written, like, I literally think I have like 20, 30 articles to run on my newsletter. I have seven, eight, nine new YouTube videos to run. Not the hour-long epics, but just fun stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I, I was making a bunch of new quizzes uh, for different sites and putting a lot of things out. And that's just kind of the way I've been dealing with it because it gives me something to do. But it's interesting that you really learn a lot about yourself during this, which is my way of doing that. My way of dealing with this was, okay, I got to manage my family. I got to get some money coming in. And that's, it gives me some purpose to make all the free stuff because nobody cares what I promote as long as I'm providing free stuff every day. People go, oh, of course he's got to run an ad. Like how else uh, is he going to be able to do that, right? So it gives me purpose just to come up with the free stuff for everybody who obviously a lot of people have lost their jobs right now. So free stuff is pretty nice, right? I think it's so cool. All the free things you're seeing coming out, like Sirius Radio is free right now. Uh, NBA League Pass is free right now. NFL it, League Pass is whatever they call it, is free now. It, it, you know, whatever you can provide for free is great. I think that's the only thing entertainers can contribute is also to not remind people of this all the time, which is I was trying to watch. They were playing 90s NBA last night on TV. And that was awesome because I got to see the Supersonics. Barry, there's no way you know what this is. But it, it was a basketball team in Seattle that no longer exists. And I grew up watching them. And they were on because obviously there's nothing new. And I was watching them. It was really nice. And then every commercial break, it was, you know, no, the ads were like the CDC, I understand, has to make announcements. But literally every single company is just like speaking of the coronavirus, talking about the coronavirus, buy our stuff. Right. I think what entertainers should be doing right now is just trying to entertain you and take you out. If you're inside and you're being safe, I think we can all agree that's probably what's going to slow this down as much as possible. Uh, it's probably the only thing we can do right now. You're doing your part. The entertainer's job is to make sure you're kind of taken away from that. And I've really tried to do that. I, of course, have my own personal opinions, but I, I'm not going to talk about them all. I, I have to reference what's going on sometimes because obviously all my articles now are pertaining to are you coming into online poker uh, and you haven't played online in a while but you were playing live 
blah, blah, blah. You know, obviously there has to be some reference to it. But what I've been trying to do is make things as entertaining as possible because as much of a distraction as possible, because you know what? You guys are taking care of your kids. You're taking care of your finances in an unprecedented time. And, you know, the one hour podcast is a little different because Barry and I do just talk here. And I think that's kind of expected over the 200 episodes we talk. But I think what's really important is we just give you an escape and poker is a great escape right now because it's involving it's strategic it's fun it can be done indoors and it's beautiful and we've always talked about that Barry like how magical it is you can do it anywhere like I was I thought it was so amazing that one night in Newark I was just on the corner drinking like a coconut juice talking to this Latino kid for a while at a corner store and then I walked into my little apartment and like within a couple of hours, I'm playing for thousands of dollars. It takes you to another place. And I, I'm here to be an entertainer. We can all play a part. I, I'm really hoping you're all being safe. I really hope uh, Barry and I are going to try to put out what we can put out and hopefully just entertain you during this time. I think that's the only thing you, him and I can really contribute. The only thing I'm going to say as far as this whole thing goes on a more serious note, I hope we all see, and I, I just thought of this Barry, when you were talking about like everybody was sleeping on this and got, got caught asleep at the wheel. I think this is the danger of what happens when we're all hysterical all the time, why we can't turn things up to 11 at every point. If you have followed the news cycle for the past eight years or whatever, there is just a new crisis every single week. We're all in trouble every single week. Everything is going to get us every single week. And remember when net neutrality was going to get us and like things like that, or like the Paris global warming accords were just you know, it just silly things that like, yeah, th this stuff matters, but we can't turn it up to 11 right now, right? We can't, uh, it's just these little things that look at, looking back are so small in comparison, like literally a kid smirking while a guy beat on a drum, and, you know, and he, he was wearing a MAGA hat. That was just wall to wall news coverage for two weeks here in the US and it was breathless. And um, <clears throat> I think there used to be, God, sorry guys. <clears throat> As you can tell, I'm recording a lot of videos right now. Um, I think there used to be a respect in, I, I'm pretty sure in times of discord, in times of problems in society, there used to be a man would be getting hysterical uh, and the other people would say like, Hey, I understand you're scared right now, but we all have to face this. Uh, and there's no panic is not going to help us. And when you monetize panic and when you incentivize pan panic with the clickbait economy and you have people on overdrive all the time, uh, it's uh, even when the things matter, but they're not, you know, the biggest deal in the world, people get burned out 
and they tune out. And that's a real problem when something really serious comes around, because when a lot of people have tuned out, I think we're starting to see what that could lead to. And I think we have to be responsible and all play our part, contribute what we can, realize what we can't contribute. Barry and I have to be very forthcoming and tell you guys we don't know anything. We are not scientists. We are not doctors. Our job is just to talk poker. And now that we're done talking this whole introduction, that's it. We're going to talk some cards and we're going to entertain you. And if we do podcasts in the future, it's just going to be poker and Godspeed to y'all. We appreciate you listening. And uh, yeah, we're just going to play our part and try to be the strongest we can for the people around us. Yeah. And uh, one thing I'd say is rather than entertainer, I prefer to be known as an artist. So <laughs> an artiste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a clown. My shoes are red size 13, you know, it's, uh, I am here to entertain you guys. I've actually, I'm actually really looking forward. If you guys haven't signed up for the newsletter, uh, go to pokerheadrush.com. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff coming out there. I'm actually really looking forward to that, but I, I actually, I'm getting a lot out of being able to, uh, coach right now. I I've never appreciated my job more in my life than right now because it's I, I just feel so lucky to be working you know like just to be able to entertain I, I I do feel like it's entertainment right and then if you can work in everybody's got that teacher they remember from school who was super fun and you can remember every single thing that teacher told you so they were a good teacher too and then we can't really remember a word any of other other teachers said right so just trying to be entertaining, keep things light, keep you guys playing poker, keep you guys safe, keep you guys hopefully making a couple of bucks, and if not, just gambling responsibly and having a ton of fun during it. So let's get into that. Let's uh, let's answer some questions. Yeah. Okay. Right. The first question is actually the first is not a question. It's some kind words we had sent in, and we always like to read them out. Any nasty words, they just go straight in the bin. But the kind words, we read those out. <laughs> so um. This guy wrote in with words of thanks, and I can't remember if I stored his name or not because I copy and pasted it. No, I don't think. I think it was Kevin. So, yeah, I think it was Kevin wrote in and said, just to mix it up uh, so I won't clog up Twitter too much, listening to you and Alex talk about poker has made things really click for me. The biggest thing for me was opening my range up substantially since almost no one three bets enough. I'm also 3-betting constantly as well, as most players just flat or full to a 3-bet. Alex's stuff definitely works in the field. Three final tables today and a first-place victory to go with it. Thanks a million times. That's what I'm talking about. Let's use this time to kick some butt online, right? Let's all learn and, some stuff. And, I mean, just on that, like, I seriously, the, the poker stars emailed me, you know, the Sunday Million anniversary and i thought yeah i'm gonna play that and i ended up playing it and it was a three-day event thing they had ninety-three thousand something entries i think it was <laughs> obviously awesome. could, obviously that counts multi-entry i think you could buy in up to four times or maybe even five times i think was the cap i can't remember um but i played that and so did dennis peterson dennis fucking peterson sorry I should say. <laughs> yeah say it right yeah he played and he uh, tweeted me saying, oh, like, did you make, he made day two as well. Yeah, he did. 
because I was just getting home a little bit late, like a few minutes, and I had like a missed call from Alex and a message from Dennis, and it was like, you're sitting out in the million. I was like, yeah, I know, I'm, I'm literally at my computer now, but thanks for looking out for me. Uh, man down, man down. <laughs> we were yeah. worried about you, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I made, I made it into the money and cashed for like 411 um, I bought in for two fifteen. I didn't because I, I bought in an hour late. I, I had the times wrong and everything for when it started on the Sunday. So I just yeah half asked my boy. Yeah, yeah half asked my way into it as usually and uh, and touched it. But yeah, it was, it was fun to be playing again. You know. Yeah, that's right. Very bare minimum Chalmers. Yeah. yeah. That's it. <laughs> It's like when I was in Vegas, you know, the days when I was like, right, I'm eating, you know, a chicken Caesar salad, lots of water, doing good. You go and you get fucking two outered. The day I turned up late for the Golden Nugget tournament and uh, like ate a hot dog and literally got tomato sauce and mayonnaise on my T-shirt before I started. I was like, (laughs) I ended up making day two and cashing for like 900 or something, you know, and like first. You really wanted to be American that day, brother. Oh my God. Like, you know, I'm all for like Zen and meditation and that, but sometimes just buy in, gamble, and eat crap at the table. And you, it's these guys that final table, I'm telling you. <laughs> I see what works in Vegas. I've seen the guys that have two out, and hey, there's got to be something to those hot dogs and stains. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's, there's a stoic thing that, by, by the way, if you guys ever need some peace and quiet, uh, something to calm your mind. I really recommend like reading a calming book every day. Every morning I start with, I can still order groceries here, which is great. And I I get a big thing of iced coffee and I'll start my morning with the iced coffee uh, because obviously can't pick it up at a Starbucks or Dunkin' anymore. And you read the Stoics and there's just so many cool little bits in there that calm your ass down it's like yeah you got to appreciate the fruit that's in season that's something they always talk about which is what's the fruit that's in season appreciate that right and yeah sometimes when you go to vegas you know what it's time for it's time to eat a hot dog stain your shirt and make 900 bucks sometimes that's the time right sometimes yeah yeah sometimes it's time to be healthy and meditate and i think there's a time and a place for all of that that's uh uh, that's in the Bible as well. Uh, not not quite the hot dog and $900 in uh, ketchup, but a uh, time and a place for everything. And yeah, it, it, one thing to bring it back to what's going on right now, now's the time to up your online game and to play and to learn, right? And to have fun with it. That's great that you went ahead and played that anniversary event. I bet, I bet for those two days, you weren't thinking about anything. You were just enjoying it, right? That's it. No, that's and great stuff. The thing is, it's just good that, like you say, I mean, obviously that's a huge tournament and it was the anniversary and the, the biggest tournament online ever or whatever. Um, and 1.5 million up top. I mean, you're literally sitting in your house. You've put up $215 and you've got a chance, you know, I was, I think I was 11,000 something cashed in it and whatever at the end. But, you know, if you get a bit further running that and you have, you're in a chance to make, truly life-changing money you know from your house i mean that's the magic of online poker that still exists today forget about other games maybe a little bit tough or this or that 
from what I've seen, I we I'm like a broken record. Both of us play online poker and then tell me that as well. If you I, I know, recently, I know, right? Oh, but, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Go and play online poker. I don't care what game it is. Anything that's like, you know, two hundred dollar tournament, even the, you know, a two fifteen dollar tournament. Not just the Sunday Million. Go and play one on Betfair or one of these casino sites. A two hundred pound buy-in. Play that tournament. Play a uh, hundred NL or even two hundred NL, and play that for even a few hours, and then tell me that the game's harder now when you see like the way some people are putting their money in and stuff like that. It's not harder. It's it's easier. I think I genuinely think flip it. I think with the study, if you're not going to study or put in the work, then it's harder. But then it's always been harder. If you're going to work and study, one, there's more tools now. You know, Alex is an example of that. And uh, two, the games are more people and more people gambling. And especially at this time, I mean, you know, this whole lockdown, people are turning to online gambling, whether it's blackjack, slots, um, poker, whatever. Go and play poker with these people and... You know, the games are good. And even these people that are playing, whatever, they could run like God and do a Jamie Gold and win 20,000 in a night while on lockdown or whatever. So I do. I mean, if you're in a state that's lucky enough to play, I know a lot of our listeners are US. So if you're lucky enough to still have online games going in your state and you can play, um, or anybody across the rest of the world who are on PokerStars or any of these other sites, it is a time to sort of be, you know, maybe... I'm not saying fly back in and, you know, full guns blazing, but load up a couple of tournaments that, again, gamble responsibly, like Alex said, within your bankroll or within money that you're happy to lose, you know, at this time and see what the games are like and maybe, you know, sharpen your poker game just now and, you know, like see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Exactly. Appreciate the fruit that's in season and like going up to, Going back to the thing about like turning everything up to 11 and like now we don't feel a social responsibility to not panic and to not be strong for the people around us. Another thing that annoys me is if you're optimistic about anything now, people just scream at you, right? But there is the one thing we can be optimistic about is now is a great time to play online poker. Like that is the fruit that's in season, right? Here's the thing. If you've ever been on the road playing poker and you're in a hotel room and there isn't a gym near you and you didn't have a routine, now's the time to learn how to do body weight exercises, right? There's going to be more people putting out more stuff about body weight exercises than ever before. I actually uh, paid a trainer friend of mine to give me a uh, workout I could do in my living room. And I was surprised at how many muscle groups it worked, right? And the other fruit that's in season is online poker. I, I'm just, I've been working a lot because I had some projects on my calendar, a bunch of them that, you know, I committed to, I gave my word I would finish, but I've been like dying to play online, right? Because, uh, and haven't had the time. I, I did get to play some private uh, games. You broke up about Alex and uh, you uh, dying to play online. We'll just keep it rolling, but yeah, just yeah, we'll keep we, it you broke up online yeah guys the internet in queens has been kind of off and on because everybody's indoors now like literally i normally walk around uh in my office and there's like nobody in the apartments across the way i'm looking right now like everybody's on their laptop and stuff so i apologize right um but uh 
the other thing I was going to say, uh, I, I've been dying to play on my poker. I've gotten to play some private games, right? Like some online private games. And that's that's been great, right? Paying for the groceries, making me feel like, you know, like a little apocalypse warrior getting my groceries from the internet during a pandemic. Yeah, right? You know, it's <laughs> it's been fun. But uh, this has never been a greater time to learn online poker, man. Like to play online poker. And yeah, playing for 1.5 million, obviously that's the most exciting thing in the world. If you had 215 bucks, like go ahead. But let's just... Something I used to always talk about is just the magic of being able to play. And uh, if I can give you guys anything, if I could get you to feel this, I, I, I in this moment, I think it would be a great distraction for us and we, we could hopefully be okay. Barry, one of the things you liked the most with me telling you was, I told you the real salary of poker was, I took that train up to Montreal one time yeah, and of course. Yeah. yeah. You remember this? And I, I remember everybody think, saying, like, why would you take a train? First of all, I love trains. I love the view. Uh, I love I could work on the train. So it was totally fine. It was way cheaper than a flight. I, I also hate flights. I've taken so many in my life. So I always love an excuse to uh, save money and not take them. But I said the real salary was just looking out the window staring at the countryside, going into another country, thinking like, maybe this one's going to be the one, right? Like just that excitement. Like when I was a kid and I was just bored out of my mind, right? I grew up in Bothell, Washington, which is the, it's a very boring, sleepy suburb of Seattle, right? And I wasn't even in like the, you know, I, I lived behind a Nike missile silo, in a gun range, in a quarry, and I was just bored. Like, there was just nothing to do all the time, right? Except for, like, read comics. And I used to read Initial D, which was this Japanese comic about street racers, and there was one guy in there I just loved. I can't remember the character's name, but he used to study statistics in computers to learn how to race better, right? They used to always make fun of him, like, how are you going to learn how to race better studying a computer, right? And I was just thinking, like, God, these guys live an exciting life, right? And the fact I get to study something and go play and play for millions of dollars, and I can do it from the comfort of my own home. I can do it. I've done it, like, staring at the countryside in Italy. I, I've done it in, like, internet cafes in South Korea with, like, 20 kids watching me, right? You can do it anywhere on Earth, and that is the true magic right now is just being able to play – and having that excitement, and the only way you can ruin that is by not doing it responsibly. You got to, right at the beginning of this whole process, you got to look at your finances. Uh, God willing, uh, things are going to be okay, right? You got to look, look at the money you got on hand, and you got to ask yourself, what's my total poker budget? And you got to pretend like that's going to last it for like three months, four months, something like that, right? Or however long you expect this to be. And just realize, even if you're playing a $3 tournament and that takes like two or three hours, uh, well, maybe you guys can hear what I'm hearing all the time right now. Even if you're playing a $3 tournament and that takes a couple hours, the great thing about a $3 tournament is if you lose it, ah, it was three bucks. It was a total distraction, right? And if you win some of these fields and there's action going on no matter where you are, right? 
it's like hundreds of dollars, right? Hundreds of dollars still buy some groceries, right? Bring in that money and see what it buys and just pat yourself on the back. And if you lose the three bucks, the five bucks, the 10 bucks, the 20 bucks, it's worth it for the competitive distraction right now. And once this all blows over, this stuff will translate to the live arena. If you focus on what I want you guys to focus on is playing games you can responsibly play in a loose way. So if you play a $3 tournament, obviously, hopefully you won't be afraid of anything, right? Uh, when you see a guy that's just opening too much, three bet really small to trap his entire opening range and then try to manipulate him on the flop. Go on Flopzilla after the game is over uh, and put out the flop there what you think his opening range was. See how often he had high cards and ask yourself, how are you going to fold that, right? If he calls you, know he's probably got a pair and he's really likely not going to be folding it. So try to get max value when you have like top pair, second pair, right? That's how I've been doing really well. Uh, that's how I've been lucky enough to be making some money right now. It's just people are calling me down absurdly wide, right? And I can get these little value bets in constantly and uh, learn that right now, the out of position stuff, uh, you know, it, that's going to have to wait. That's a much more complex thing. But just learn how to play your big pots in position to be three betting. And that stuff, it will, if you can learn to manipulate flops and guess ranges and stuff and play from the button, the cutoff more, uh, and just create big pots in position. And if you follow my articles at pokerheadrush.com and just sign up, you will and follow what I'm telling you to do, it's going to translate to success once this is done. You go back to the live arena and you won't be playing for three bucks. You'll be playing for a lot more. And hopefully, you know, everybody gets their jobs and the money's coming in and we can all grind and do it uh, responsibly and with joy and not worrying. So looking forward to that, we can build some skills right now. Yeah, and I think that's a first for the oneouter.com podcast. We've actually answered the question before reading the question out. Because, really? Uh, what, was, what was the question? Tom, uh, I was just, the first question I was going to start with was from Tom, and it was, Dear Barry and Alex, it's time for another podcast. Here's a question for the next show. Do you think that the next few weeks might see an uptick in the action at the online poker tables? Could you talk about the time course of how things might unfold in the economy and how that may affect things? I may I play about 300 tournaments per month, and right now my US facing site games have gotten insane. I can't imagine it will last, but it sure is bizarre. Thanks. Yeah, it's awesome. And if I, I I really came into this, Barry always jokes like, "Wow, you have notes for each episode, Alex." I just kind of roll out of bed, but like, yeah, I do have notes. And the thing I wanted, I'm really glad we got that question, was just to prepare you guys to play online. Um, I think I got to most of my notes. Yeah, I think the games are going to be fantastic. Everybody's indoors playing poker. Remember, nobody can bet on sports right now. So people who would not normally play poker are playing poker because it's something to do, right? Uh, the the thing I'd say is like really focus on being in position, really focus on three betting because a lot of these guys will just call you, miss the flop and check fold. Uh, when you're opening, look to... Whenever you got anything playable and it gets folded to you, uh, look to your left and see if there's any short stacks or people three betting a lot. And if not, it's okay to open. Uh, if you get, you're going to get into a lot of multi-way pots right now. Honestly, I have so many notes and I have like literally like 5,000, 10,000 words in 
articles to send you guys about the games right now. So please sign up for PokerHeadRush.com so I can get this to you and I can get you guys prep because I just don't have the time today. But here's the thing you're going to know about multi-way pots, okay? You're going to play a lot of multi-way pots in these games. And the thing you got to know about multi-way pots is people more or less play face up, okay? Um, if they have a pair, people really don't like to raise in multi-way pots because there's so many good hands lurking in the bushes and they're worried about that. So they tend to just call. And if they have high cards, they fold because obviously a high card's not going to be good multi-way, right? Most of the time, unless it comes with some kind of draw. And if they have two pair better, they usually raise because it's really likely somebody has something in a multi-way pot, right? And uh, what that means is if you're betting as a bluff, you could let's say you've got a couple of Broadway overcards. Let's say the board comes like three, two, three, right? And you've got like king, queen offsuit. You would much prefer to bet that hand than like ace 10 because a guy could have ace three, ace two suited or ace three or ace two off, but it's really unlikely as king two off or queen three off, right? So your overcard outs are a little bit more pure. If you're going to bluff bet that, if you bet like 20%, a lot of times guys with even like an ace 10 high will be like, ah, God, someone's got a pair. I'm out of here, right? And uh, you can get away with really small bets online because everybody's multi-tabling and like watching streaming movies and they're just not paying attention. It's like, ah, I missed the board. I folded. Really play around with those small bets and see what happens. And uh, if someone raises you, especially on the turn or river in a multi-way pot, they tend to have it. Um, just, just trust them. Uh, it's just very rare to catch people bluffing at really low stakes in that. I mean, you're going to see some yahoos in the coming weeks. Don't get me wrong. But just because you see it w once doesn't mean that normally happens. But yeah, what usually people just love their flops. Always remember this about low stakes poker. People want to see flops and they see if they hit flops. And once they so it's really hard to get them to full pre-flop and on the flop. If they miss, it's a lot easier to get them to full because they feel like ah, I saw most of the cards. Right. And I don't have anything. That's that's whatever. But on in a multi-way pot, people tend to call with their pairs. They tend to raise with their two pair better or fold high cards. That tends to be true in most pots, but it's really true in multi-way pots. And they're not sensitive to bet size that much, right? You can bet very small. It, like if the board comes like 964, it's A7. If you bet like 20% pot heads up, he's not going to fold, right? He might fold to a bigger bet but he's not going to fold to 20%. But in a multi-way pot, he's much more likely to fold because obviously someone has something on this board and they'll let it go. So play around with those small bets. And the most exploitative line you guys can do, and I'm really big on exploitative poker, and especially right now because no one's going to know who you guys are on the internet. And uh, some of my favorite GTO practitioners that I've had the pleasure to learn from, they say when I'm playing anonymous and no one knows what I'm doing, I just go exploit, exploit, exploit. If the board comes something like ace, six, four, and you've got ace, queen, like if they got a pair, they're probably going to call you whatever you put out there, right? Even six, seven suited, like in a $10 tournament, nobody's going to be folding, right? So you just bet 75% pot, right? Why would you bet 50? You've got the deck crippled, right? And if they raise you nine times out of 10, it's ace six or ace four, such is life, right? Uh, and by the way, again, sign up for the newsletter. I will prep you with all the, a bunch of articles. We'll talk about how to use small bets. We'll talk about how to use big bets and all that. And uh, yeah, we, we'll keep going from that point on.
Okay, and we'll go straight into another poker question here. And then we got some information about Alex's couple of his products. One person contacted us on Twitter asking for one specifically to be on discount. And another guy emailed me asking the same one to be on discount. So it is quite an apt one. So we're going to talk about that. And then we've got another Alex's brand new product as well. I've twisted his arm to put that on sale exclusive to one of our listeners as well. So we'll do this question, then we'll talk about those, and then we'll wrap it up for this episode. So this question is from J.R. Bordeaux. Very, uh, I'm assuming he's French. Um, Hi, Alex. I play on Bodog at their Zone Fast full tables, same as Zoom. These tables are anonymous and a HUD can't be used. What do you think the best strategy would be for these tables? I know, I know. Just tell me how to play poker in one sentence. Lol. Would GTO be best given that the tables are anonymous or would I be better off doing something different, like looking for general tendencies of the field? I now have a hand converter to start reviewing hands and can import them into Poker Snowy. I have started using Poker Snowy, although I am sure what is sinking in. Not sure what is sinking in. It seems to really like checking and cautious compared to what I have previously done. I'm not sure that I play enough to justify coaching, but could you recommend someone or a training site? I'm a rec playing 25 NL who frequently deposits and would look, would like to deposit a bit less frequently. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Hey there. Uh, well, here's the thing. Um, I have played millions upon millions of six max hands in my life. And on most of those sites, no one knew who I was and nobody, uh, I didn't know who anybody else was. Let me tell you what's going to work. The thing about cash games, there's a few different angles we can go at it from. The thing to remember about cash games is they're glorious in that if you're making a profit, you pocket the profit. It's not like a tournament. It's not like tournaments where you're making seven big blinds per hundred hands, but you're still not making money because at the end of tournaments you're losing flips or nothing if you have a win rate even if it starts with really small like two big blinds per hundred right you're still going to be making money right so let's focus from tight to loose we'll start tight then we'll get loose right so the first thing i would teach you to do you got to put yourself through stress tests in no limit hold'em right i think this is something that we undervalue in our culture, which is having people go through an insurmountable task, a a stress test to teach them you've got a lot more than you think you do, right? Any doctor that's ever gone through their residency can tell you for the rest of their life, they, they know they've got more in the tank than they realize. A lot of people in the military can tell you this. Uh, I didn't have anything nearing those experiences when it comes to severity, but my dad, uh, His whole thing was, I'm not going to give you money. You can work for it when I was a kid. And he had me work as a commercial fisherman when I was a teenager uh, to get on my own feet and get my own place. And, you know, when you're working like 16 hour shifts, seven days a week, you learn really quickly. You got a whole lot more in the tank than you thought you did. Right. And we can do that. Thankfully, in poker, it's a lot easier than uh, physical exertion. But we can do stress tests with ourselves. And the way I recommend that is you should explore sessions where you play 
much, much, much more loose than you've ever played in your life. And you should explore sessions where you play tighter than you've ever played in your life. So you can prove to yourself that you can do it. So something I recommend every cash game player do, and I think you can short buy in those games, uh, is learn how to short stack. Uh, Short stacking is very simple. It's very cut and dry. It can definitely make you money at the lower stakes. Uh, There's a reason a lot of sites prevent it is because it's effective. It works. And there is a strategy to that. Now, it would take me about an hour to explain it, but there is a video in Master Small Six Cash Games in one class that would explain it to you. Then when it comes to, now let's say you want a full stack, which most, most sites will force you to do that. Okay, here's the thing about cash games. You got infinite time, my man. Now that doesn't mean you shouldn't play anything in a precarious spot, but it does mean if you don't like it, let it go. It's gonna be okay. Move to a level where you know everybody's punting. It's not gonna be that hard right now because <laughs> everybody's gambling, right? But even like 10, 25 NL, you can make a couple of bucks in. And maybe going back to the magic of poker, really a joyride right now, getting to take you away from the world around you and just getting to compete at something while we're not able to play pickup basketball or something like that. That's a salary into itself. But I I love the fast paced games, the fast forwards and the zooms, the blitz and all that. Right. Uh, And the thing about them is you can play so many hands and you can go at it so much from early position. So my thing when I play tournaments, when I play tournaments, the stress test I apply is how loose can I play? Because if I'm playing a $5 tournament, $10 tournament, or even right now, I always, when I used to play poker tournaments like uh, big live buy-ins, businessmen would come into them and they had enough money that they didn't really worry about the swings and they could just batter me around because obviously a seventh place finish in an EPT was still hundreds of thousands and could make my year and help me take care of my family, but they didn't have that financial pressure. So something I did is I wanted to develop business interests outside of poker and I did. And that allowed me to play, that allows me to play poker now with a little bit more gumption, a little bit more aggression than before. And the thing about tournaments is the lion's share of the money is in first place too. And if you're not going to be playing a ton of them, I I wouldn't, if like 11th place isn't going to change your life, 20th place is not going to change your life. You should be playing first. And that gives you a great way to stress test just playing a ton. So when I'm playing a tournament, if I don't think someone's going to three bet me, I am just looking for reasons to open and three bet percentages have gone down the past couple of years. A couple of years ago, I was telling you guys to open a 3.5X because the three bet was kind of in vogue and you would open a 3.5X and people would go, what the hell is this? This must be some withered reg with like ace queen or eight plus. Okay, I'll just call or I'll just fold. You don't even have to do that now. You can 2X and people just, they have their hands, they're going to three bet and that's it. Most people's three bet percentages is like five, six percent all in pre-flop balls. That's aces, kings, queens, jacks, and like jack nine suited every other blue moon, right? So in a tournament, I'm trying to stress that's open as much as humanly possible when people aren't three betting. Uh, if I think a guy's opening too much, I'm just three betting and going after him. If he calls me on a coordinated board, let's say it comes like six of diamonds, three of diamonds, four of spades, uh, I bet he calls really quickly. I think he would have four bet tens, jacks, queens, kings, aces, pre-flop. Stuff like that. 
I think he's got a six or whatever. I'm trying to sell him at that point, right? That turns a five, that turns a two, that turns a diamond. I'm just going after him, especially if I think he was check raising the flush draws. Uh, if I make pairs, I'm going for sick value. I am totally fine with flaming out in tournaments. I think it is a fantastic sign when you see a young guy flame out in a tournament because it shows he was trying to win. And truthfully, the guys who win tournaments are the guys that really continue, the guys that – and if we're not doing this for a living anyway, we should be trying to win tournaments and buying in with some amount that is responsible and just pretend it's like a movie ticket, right? And the stress test you should be doing with cash games is, yeah, I'll open like a 4-3 suited in early position sometimes in tournaments because nobody's three-betting me, right? And I'm going for all the chips at the end. But in a cash game, I got king-queen off, ace-jack off, or pocket sixes under the gun, six max. It's in the muck. I got all the time in the world, right? You can get away with those hands. And by the way, I was playing a little higher stakes than what most people are playing, right? So I can get away with that. But I, and I knew the fish in my game, but you can get away with being real tight in early position. As long as you are very, very good in position and just try to get through those hands, right? Try to get through them and try to play tight, right? Tight is right. And really focus on the button, really focus on the cutoff really focus on value betting, really trying to nail your value bets, right? Really getting into that. Uh, and honestly, okay, Barry was bringing this up, but master small six cash games in one class, that would be how I would teach you. That is 14 hours of my lesson plans. It's all in a quiz format, so you can go through the content again and make sure that you got it. And we start big to small. We have short stacking, we discuss game selection. We discuss where to find good games. And then we go big to small, right? I, and we talk about games where everybody's limping. How do you take advantage of that? How do you take advantage of passive games? How do you take advantage of games when usually there's one razor? How do you take advantage of games when there's one razor, one caller? How do you take advantage of games when there's frequent three betters? We go through every single game in the book. There's hundreds of hand history quizzes to make sure you get it. You're going to have to watch it multiple times. Uh, it's got 91% of the reviews are five stars. It, that would be what I would recommend to you. If And everybody's been hitting Barry and I up for that one because a lot of you guys are playing cash. And really, this is a beautiful time to play cash games because uh, a lot of those casinos in the United Kingdom are doing incredible campaigns to get people playing online poker because remember a lot of the live casinos that also have online games they're they're seeing their action go down too so they got to do all the promotions to get people on there and a lot of those guys play cash in not just the united kingdom but across europe in these games so a lot of those sites that used to be pretty good you know the software is not terrific but you, you can just look it up and you get on those sites and those sites have been bumping like the action I've seen recently. There's never been a better time to work on your cash game. And uh, I'm a, I think you guys should play both. I think you should play tournaments and I think you should play cash, but let's say you got something going on and you can't play tournaments or you, you don't know if you've got three, six hours to play a tournament cash. This is the best time in the world 
to play cash because I, I truthfully don't think tournaments have gotten that much harder unless you're playing like the reg infested stuff. Uh, like, but if you're playing like a $20, $50 tournament, $10 tournament, most of the time people are pretty hilarious outside of poker stars. But I just like playing cash games a lot of the time. Like I, I just like the, I've got two hours. This is what I'm going to do. And yeah, there's different when people ask you like how to play poker, going back to his original question, which was, yeah, yeah, I know. How do I play poker in one answer? Well, honestly, there's different answers to that, right? Like if you give me 15 minutes before you go play, I have an answer for that. I'm going to be running that article here pretty soon. I think a lot of people like that. If you give me five hours, 10 hours, I have different answers. And then if you had your whole life, I could talk to you about what poker trainers love to talk about. Like the, you know, we'll block a couple combos right here and merge our equities, the game theory optimal. I have to balance my river bluff. We played a hand two years ago, right? We can get into that stuff. But if you want to see, like, it is my lesson plan. That is my lesson plan for cash games. That is my playbook for cash games. And I have done I, I have been very fortunate in life uh, to play cash for years and just be fine. It works against these players. It's made for low stakes, mid stakes. It's called master small stakes cash games in one class for a reason. It's meant for live. It was meant for like one, two, two, five online. It's meant for like 100 NL, 50 NL, 25 NL, 10 NL. It's based around sites that have a little bit of looser action, right? You're going to play with a ton of regs if you play on a stars, but even like a party now has way looser. I've been helping uh, a friend of mine. He said, I, I want to play, uh, I think it's called fast forward on party. We don't have party in the state, so I wouldn't know, right? Uh, he, he was saying he wanted to play their Zoom equivalent, right? And he was playing at a stake where I thought like, boy, this is going to be tough, right? Because normally those games are a little tougher. It has a bunch of regs. He was making a profit the last couple of weeks because the games are so loose right now. He just, he's like, what do I do? I'm like, well, when you have it, just value better down, right? And they're just calling off. And the most tactful way, the best lessons you're going to get from me are those, uh, when it comes to cash games, are going to be master small six cash games in one class. It's going to be 14 hours of me just drilling you and you going uh, you know, you got to come out with the answers. You got to do it. And then right when you're done, you can go right back through it again to see if you remember all the answers. I, I really think I got to the best of my craft with master small six cash games in one class. I'm really proud of that one. That's yeah. It, it's just, you are going to be very, very prepared if you use those videos. It's I, I get emails about that package all the time and yeah, it's more relevant right now than it's ever been before on the internet. Okay, and that's a nice segue into the offer that we are currently running. As I say, a few of you have asked for this one um, to be on discount, so here is your chance. It's Master Small Stakes Cash Games in one class, and Alex has just detailed some of the aspects of that. Now, to make this nice and easy, we're going to have a link to this on the oneouter.com page. So in the show notes, blog post, whatever you want to call it, of episode two, 214, this one, there will be a link that takes you straight to this page. And only through that link will you get the discount. 
If you go through Alex's Gumroad store any other way, it'll be shown at $799. If you click in through this link exclusive to One Outer Listeners, it'll slash down instantly for you to $199. You don't need to enter any codes or anything like that. You'll get it for $199 and you'll own that package and you will get it delivered instantly to you. So I know there are many of you waiting on this discount for that. So this is the chance to grab that for that. And Alex, we're also going to do your newest product, How to Destroy Progressive Knockout Tournaments, that you did in conjunction with Mike Wasserman, wasn't it? He's made like over a million dollars profit from uh, online tourneys. And these progressive knockout tournaments, you only need to go into casino online casino lobbies now to see how right these are. And I'm sure there's lots of nuances and stuff that you guys talk about in that. That one is going to be done at an introductory price of $299, and that's a brand new product that you just released, I think, last week or the week previous. So if you maybe want to finish the show and tell people about that one, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, this is uh, Master Small Six Cash Games in one class is my Mona Lisa, and How to Destroy Progressive Knockout Tournaments is Mike Wasserman's, like, Starry Night. You know what I mean? It's just, like, this is his masterpiece. This is, like, I was very proud of Small Stakes Cash Games in one class. In this thing, I was watching this by Mike. I was like, bro, like, this is, like, you have done it. Like, this is sick. This is so fun. And it's it's about 15 hours. It's funny. They both have similar run times. Uh, so for you guys who already got the small stakes, we haven't forgotten about you because progressive knockout tournaments are like it's such a big part of the online landscape. And I know a lot of you uh, listeners, a lot of Barry's listeners. And by the way, we really appreciate you reaching out and uh, everything uh, about wanting to buy the, the small stakes cash games product at this time. That really means a lot to us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, the code's only available for through Barry, uh, you know, obviously Barry was talking about it. It's winding down his business and stuff. So we really appreciate uh, him, us getting some work, him getting some work. But uh, yeah, we didn't forget about you guys who already got the cash game one. We got the PKO one. And the thing about the PKO one, uh, Mike just takes you through multiple wins and like there's PowerPoints going through all the concepts. Every hand is revealed. And then he shows you how to use ICMizer 3, which is the most powerful software to go through this. And during the wins, you just learn so much because when the bounties aren't in play, he's a virtuoso. He gets value. Other guys would never get value. He does bluffs. Other people can't do. There's a preview video uh, for free on the product. Uh, Just click on the product box and you can see it for free where he shows you just some of the six sick things he can do, and he can break it down so precisely. He's so well-spoken, and you just adopt that into your game. But once the bounties come in play, he's so good at picking up the bounties, which is – the thing about progressive knockout tournaments, uh, for those of you who play them, you know, you knock somebody out, you get to pocket a certain amount of their bounty, and a certain amount goes on your head. So it turns into this amazing gambling game, right, where – you're trying to knock people out who got like 20 bounties on their head and you're like, give it to me, right? And you're going after after them. But if you do some like calls that you didn't do before, like if you set mine in a spot, you wouldn't normally set mine because you see technically uh, when he opens from a certain uh, bounty size, you have crazier implied odds than you realize. 
if you do a rejam you wouldn't have normally done, if you did a call you wouldn't have normally done, and you just pocket the mo- money, boom, your ROI is right there, right? You are cruising for the rest of this tournament, just going for all the chips. And Mike shows you how to perfectly balance how to win all the chips at the same time while getting a bunch of bounties, right? So he really cares about stack utility, where he's at in the tournament, how he does that, and uh, shows you all these lines to get all the chips, but shows you how to pay attention to ICM and how weird ICM is in these tournaments because there's two different prize pools. Like I thought I knew a lot about progressive knockout tournaments before I saw this video. I didn't know a damn thing. That I can say that after watching them make ICMizer 3 sing. And the other thing about that's really cool about this video is uh, the creator of ICMizer comes in to help Mike, right? So Mike goes, look, I know I get a little bounty hungry sometimes. Uh, and I know other times maybe I'm not rejamming wide enough. Could you help me tune up my game? And they go through and they show you how to make that program sing, how to use it, how to input everything when the information is lost, how to, how to do it yourself, how to copy hand histories, how to, how to change with the filters to learn exactly what's right, how to figure out your exact ROIs. And it's just, you watch this and you will never see progressive knockouts the same. There's so much deliberate practice in it. You're just watching and, you know, he shows you live footage of him playing, like the things he's looking at the lobbies, how it would change you. Uh, he shows you in the replayer and just all the breakdowns. It's really neat. After he was done, he went through and added notes throughout it. So you'll see lots of like blurbs. It's kind of cool. It's like a watching sports, you know, like stats flash on the screen. Like, don't don't forget to look for this. He's done, da, 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 right? Or pay attention to this. This will be really cool. And there's PowerPoints that when you're done with the whole product, you can go back and watch the PowerPoints and Mike made the PowerPoints really fun and really to the point. So you watch the PowerPoints and like, you, you know, you got like 15, 30 minutes before a session, you watch a PowerPoint, you refresh everything, you go right into it. If you're playing some PKOs right now, those are some of the juiciest tournaments on the internet because nobody knows how to play them. And that goes for any site you're going to play on. This pack is essential. You can make back your ROI very you know, if you just keep pocketing bounties that you weren't pocketing before or avoiding rejams to pocket a bounty that were not correct, you're you're going to make back the buy-in for this uh, package several times over very quickly. So, yeah, do check that out now. Yeah, both great products, both great discounts. And thanks again, Alex. And like Alex says, um, we're passing, you know, this discount for you. Hopefully it helps you. I get a little taste. Alex makes some money. It'll stop us all starving. Hopefully you guys make more <laughs> money. And uh, you can make you know, money that you can take off the table as well and get into your bank accounts and get through this. And from the comfort of your own home. In all seriousness, you know, taking it back a bit, just echo what Alex said earlier. Please, like what you can stay in as much as possible. I don't know what you know your restrictions are. We're in Scotland. We've been told we have to stay in for the next three weeks. We can only leave for essential food shop or pharmacy. We get an hour of exercise a day that has to be within two miles radius of our home. That's it. Shouldn't be going out for really? anything else at all. Wow. I wonder how they're going to monitor that. Yeah, New York City, it's uh, all bars and restaurants. All non-essential businesses are shut down. Uh, Same here. We're, yeah, we're essentially 
we can walk around, but now you get a ticket if you're not social distancing. So yeah, it's uh, it's happening. Stay yeah. inside and uh, be safe. And hey, man, if you guys uh, if you guys want free stuff, sign up for PokerHeadRush.com. I got free stuff coming out. Like for the, I got it all set up for the next few weeks. Just articles, videos, or whatever. Check out the How to Destroy Progressive Knockout uh, Tournaments page and get the free video there. Check that out. It's a very fun video. And check out Master Small Six Cash Games in one class. It has a free uh, video preview as well. Uh, talking about some cash game mistakes. You can tune up really quick. You can get a nice little taste of that. And yeah, just stay indoors, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, if you... Uh, if you're hurting right now too, we still want to help you. There's tons of free stuff. Yeah, stay home, wash your hands. Seriously, look after each other. Do not meet up with friends. Skype them, Zoom them. You know, um, get some poker chat groups set up and all that stuff. You know, um, anybody wants to set one of them up or that, and at me on on Twitter at oneouter.com, and I'll retweet them and stuff for you just now. If people are trying to set up study groups or whatever for people that are playing poker and fellow listeners of the show don't ask me to set up i'm too lazy for anything like that but i'll quite happily retweet it for you so (laughs) if anybody's looking at setting up things like that um then do it and yeah good luck to y'all at the table stay safe wash your hands and we'll maybe see you again for another lockdown show thanks for listening cheers god bless stay safe